Yeah. Okay, so uh, what we know about climate change, we're burning lots of fossil fuel and we're cutting down lots of trees. So we're emitting lots of CO2 into the atmosphere. So we know that when you put that carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, that it traps the heat that would otherwise escape from the back into space, and so heats up the atmosphere. So I'm talking about the atmosphere, I'm just talking essentially about the air around us right now. Now, the thing about the atmosphere is that things happen really quickly. Everything works in days, weeks, months. We think of watching the news and the weather systems just whiz by one after the other. So we think that if we're putting all the CO2 into the atmosphere, we should be expecting this heating to hap happen relatively quickly. Uh, however, there's a slight complication to that, and we can see why in this picture here. Uh, so this is a representative shot of what 71% of the Earth's surface looks like. It happens to be from the North Atlantic. And we can see lots of atmosphere up here and some clouds and stuff, but below it all, we get all this water, so we've got an ocean underneath it. Now the ocean works quite differently from the atmosphere, where the atmosphere works in days, weeks, and months. The ocean is a turtoise. Everything happens slowly, years, decades, centuries. So if the ocean is important in, in the climate system, then we're gonna get a very different response to putting all this uh, extra energy into the atmosphere. We're gonna slow down that rapid pace of climate change and get into a, a slower mode. So to, in order to understand whether that's an issue, first of all, we have to get a sense of whether the ocean is important in terms of this energy and heat uptake. So we can do a simple calculation. Um, first of all, from lab experiments, we know that in order, if we have one kilo of air, we want to increase its temperature by one degree, it takes about a thousand joules. So joules, to give you a sense, this is a measure of energy. And if you imagine you're at a family barbecue and there's the uncle who's obsessed with cameras is taking a family picture, that the light and heat emitted by the flash on the camera, that's equivalent to about a thousand joules. Now, if we take about a kilo of water, which is about a liter, and we want to heat that by one degree, then it takes a bit more, so it takes 4,000 joules. So this is important, this says that if we're putting this extra energy into the system, if we're just heating air, we'll heat it really quickly. However, if we have to heat water as well, we're gonna heat at a slower rate, it's gonna slow down warming. However, this isn't really a fair comparison because we just have a lot more water on this planet than we do air. So if we consider it instead as a volume, so if we imagine a kilo of air, what sort of space does that take up? So if we have a box that's about a meter on every side, that's actually about a, meter, uh, about a kilo of air. And so we know from previously, if we want to heat that box up a little bit for one degree, it's going to take a thousand joules. However, water in a sort of similar sized box, a meter by a meter by a meter, that's actually got a thousand kilos of mass in there. So if we want to heat that box of water up by one degree, now we're talking more like four million joules. So back at the barbecue, instead of having just one uncle standing there telling the short people to come to the front, we now have 4,000 of them sort of shuffling around and taking pictures that when everyone's kind of tired of it. So what this says is that we need to actually get a grip on whether the ocean is important in terms of this heat uptake. And this has been well understood for a while. In fact, it's estimated that of the, all the extra energy we've been putting in since the Industrial Revolution in terms of, in terms of uh, sort of climate change, that 90% of all that heat has already gone into the ocean. So what this says is that if there was no ocean on this planet, we would have already hit catastrophic climate change 50, 60, 70 years ago. Instead, because the ocean is there and has been absorbing heat, it's actually bought us about 70 or 80 years. Not that we've actually made great use of that 70 or 80 years, but nonetheless, it's happened. So that says to us that we have to then get a sense of how, this, how the ocean works and how it's actually getting the heat uptake. Now, there's a challenge with this, 
and that is that the ocean is not a very nice environment for working in. It's a pretty hostile environment, and that's if you're just trying to stand on a ship. If you then start adding in expensive, sophisticated electronics, this is not a, this is not a good recipe. Now, this was taken in September 2012. These were actually relatively mild conditions. About three or four days later, there is no video because the captain wouldn't allow us out on deck to do anything, and we had to suspend operations. But in a few days later, we got back going again, and we were starting to use this instrument. This is, this is an instrument we call a turbulence profiler. It's about two meters long, so it's about this high. It's sort of thickness of like a, a sort of a drainage pipe. And it's attached to the ship up here by this orange cable. And then it falls vertically through the water with this end here first. And you'll see we've got a couple of nice probes here. These can measure a few things, but we're going to focus on one of them measures the temperature of the water, and another measures the color of the water. And basically, the greener the water is, the more plants that are in there, and the more life is going on. Now, to see some professionals using this in action, here's my colleague Graeme from Earth Sciences. Um, So we're controlling it using this remote control here. You see, just pressing this green button, and that sets the winch going. And so the instrument's in the water, and so it just drops down through 200 meters. So what happens in practice is that you stand on the deck of the boat, you press this button for five minutes, the winch goes down, it goes then it gets to the bottom. It gets to the bottom. You press the red button to bring it back up, and it goes Then you get to the top, and you press the green button for five minutes, and it goes and you continue that hour after hour and day after day until you are very sick of it. But then you eventually get some good data. And I'm going to show you a sample of this data. We're still just working it up, so there's going to be no life-altering moments here. But just to give you a sense of what we get out of it. So these are two profiles, uh, two, two transects, what we call them. On the vertical axis is depth. So we're looking here at a picture of what's happening in the upper 100 meters of the surface ocean. Now, the ship is moving along slowly as we're doing this. So this is a picture of what's happening over a distance of 20 kilometers. Now, the colors here are temperature. So what we see is that in the surface ocean, we have this thin layer here, but 30 or 40 meters near the surface that's warm. And then that sits below this colder, uh, colder layer, which just keeps on getting colder and colder as you go down towards the bottom. Now, the nice thing about this one is that we see this structure here of this warmer water overlining this colder water. This is what we call a front. Now, you all know about fronts. You see them in the weather all the time, talk about warm fronts or cold fronts. This is one of the first ever shots of the oceanic equivalent. And we see, uh, yeah, so we see that it stretches out over a distance of four kilometers here. There was a first nice result for us in that uh, the theory had suggested that the temperature difference between this water here, which is about 19 degrees, and this water, which is about 17 and a half degrees, it would happen smoothly over a distance of about five or six kilometers. But instead, what we actually find is a near instantaneous jump. So we're moving from the colder water to the warmer water almost instantly. So it's really interesting. These, something's happening to make these features really sharp the way the, the water is flowing around. Now, this also has implications, as well as climate change, for marine ecosystems. So this is the same transect, so the same depth, and we're going along the same, same distance. And the black lines correspond to the temperature dif differences above. The green color here is essentially life. So we're measuring the green color in the water. So on the left-hand side of this plot, we would have happy fish and happy dolphins and happy whales and happy oceanographers standing on the deck of a ship looking at happy whales. However, over here, we see that this structure has really changed the, the structure of the marine ecosystem. Over here, there's no action on the surface, and there's only this action down here, down 50 or 60 meters. And that the way that the fluid motion has developed this front 
is changing the system all, also on the same basis. So things are happening over a very sharp basis. So we're really excited about this at the moment. So we're trying to work this up and get some nice results out of it over the rest of my PhD. And so yeah, so just to sum up that uh, the ocean heat uptake is really important for understanding how, how climate works. It's a really hostile environment to actually measure anything. And you can see that we're just starting to get ba basic pictures like this through. And so we're hoping to really develop our understanding of this and improve, put that model understanding into climate models over the next 10 or 20 years. Okay, thanks for your time. Any questions?